Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Which convicts us and calls us back to your standards, to your measure, to your fullness, to your proper weights and balances. We pray, Father God, even as we live in our lives, we have an election period to choose the leaders of this nation, those that will be governors, those that will be rulers, those that will legislate, those that will vote in our representation. We pray that you would allow us, Father God, to be wise in this area, in this realm of our election. We pray, Father God, that your spirit would be upon us And that you would lead us in that which we will do, Father God. That we would garner your wisdom. That we would manifest your goodness upon the earth, O God. Because as we choose, that which we choose will become our reality. As we decide, those decisions will determine what lies ahead in our future. So we pray, O God, that we would be part. And not cowards, but we would be part of this process of the freedom and election to do, to make decisions that will change the world, that would change our lives. We pray that that discernment would be in our lives, that we not choose based on our, what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears, but that your spirit might lead us to all truth and that we might garner the favor of, and the blessing to have righteous, godly leaders. In Jesus' name we pray. We start out with the basic premise that righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. And a sin is disgrace to any people. Sin is a disgrace to any people. And so as we participate in a process, because I'll tell you that being able to elect, and this is an election year, and that's why I have a responsibility to share. People must determine decisions that will affect our future. And a lot of people don't like to. That's why husbands always ask their wives, hey, what are you going to do? They don't want to choose. They don't want to decide because when the things go down, they're going to turn their wives and says, it's your fault. So men are always hiding from the responsibility to choose. And I tell you, when you're in darkness and you choose, you choose wrong. And when you're a fool and you choose, you choose wrong. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 tells us, woe to him. This word woe is really powerful. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light. Who choose darkness and not light. And light they consider dark. I don't want to go there. I'm not into that. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Usually a child will do that. Somebody who's immature will not choose right. God expects his people to be head and not the tail. He expects you to lead and not to follow. I love when I see my children stand up and lead. I love it. I love the other day when Rosie, my sister-in-law, was calling to her 10-year-old boy and saying, You know something? You're a leader, not a follower. I love it because that's what we're grooming. 
and we're giving the responsibility to make the right choice. The most awful thing in the world is a parent that comes over to a child and say, why did you do that? What's his answer? I don't know. I don't know. Why, 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 is, why did you move in? I don't know. It was all a blur to me. I couldn't decide right. Now listen to me. God wants his people to be clear, decisive, determined, and to not waver at the time of a decision needing to be made. Because also, people are going to follow our lead. People are going to follow our lead. And so God says that there will be judgment on those that have no decision-making capacity. You see, in our former nations of, of Latin America, when we pick a leader, let me remember, Harry, this is our leader. This is the man. He's an orphan. He's full of resentment. He has no character. He's walking, you know, looking for popularity. He's trying to get a following. That's not a leader. That's not a leader. A leader is not somebody who decides based on what people are asking for. As you recall the story of Aaron, when Moses went up to the mountain with God and left Aaron in the valley with the people, we want a God that is not like Jehovah. We want a gold calf. So he says, okay, bring me all your gold. I will form a God and we will worship it and celebrate. And then when Moses comes down from the mountain, he says, Aaron, what the heck are you doing? Everybody's breaking out in orgy. Everybody is, is worshiping a false God. What did he say? He says, that's what the people wanted. That's a crummy leader. Since we started this church 14 years ago, a lot of people have wanted a lot of things. But we're following God. We have stood with God every time. And there is opportunities to stand with financial contribution. There was a time to stand with dear friends. But we have decided, decided, and we have chosen, and we have elected for God above all things. And it has taken a real, real powerful stand through the Spirit of God. So God is going to help you to be able to uh, do what it says here. And the definition of election is the right and the ability to make a choice. If you have that as a gift, because it is a gift, in other countries, you have no rights to choose who's going to lead. And if you have the right, they don't give you the ability. They don't allow you to participate. So you are in a nation that has the right to vote and the ability to vote. To vote. You're able to go out and make a choice who's going to be leading. Um, this year on the election ballot, there is a prosecutor here in town. She represents uh, law enforcement. All the cases of all the cops, the, the police officers that arrest somebody, they take them over to court, and she decides who's going to prosecute. There is no one that is running against her. That means we don't have a choice. And we don't have a choice because nobody has said, I want to do a better job. Now, in a, in a city where there's millions of people, for there to be that opportunity to lead and then have Catherine Fernandez-Rundell, that's been the state prosecutor for forever in this town, um, there's nobody that's saying, I, I want to do a better job. 
I want to participate in the process. I want to be qualified so we don't get to choose there. She's the only one running. So she wins by default. So I want you to, to be able to meditate on this matter because a lot of you feel that the less you have to decide, the less responsibility I have to concern myself with. You're telling, oh, let somebody else decide that. Let somebody else participate in that process. And that, that is a real uh, incorrect way to, to live this life. God doesn't want us to do that. It's not his heart. The most powerful reality God has given to us is the power of choice. Why is it the most powerful reality? Because your life becomes, like it or not, I know we like to blame everybody. Oh, we're like this because my wife spends too much money. No, 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 listen to me. Your life is the total sum of all your choices. It's just not outside elements that are creating your life. Your decisions, and I want to say it even further, not only your decisions, your lack of decision. Because when you're not deciding, somebody's deciding for you. Your lack of decision is already a decision. Your non-choice, you're choosing. You're choosing to defer your responsibility and your direction and determine your future and put it into the hands of another person. And I refuse to let anyone decide what God has for me in my future. I haven't put that in the hands of anybody else. So I pray hard. I hang out with wise people. I seek the counsel of God. I'm in the word of God. Hours, hours. Because there's a promise in Psalm 1. If you meditate on God's word day and night, every decision will be the right decision. That's powerful. God has given us the capacity that we decide right, that we decide right, that we decide right, that we decide right, 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 righteousness, righteousness, and glory of God. It makes you, how many have ever made a wrong choice? I have. Imagine having the opportunity never to err. And that's what God has created in his endowing us with the capacity to lead to decide, to choose. So remember always the definition to election, the right and ability to make a choice. To decide is the most powerful reality God has given us. Life is a total sum of all your choices. No one else is responsible. I was talking to a father. His daughter married the wrong guy. I said, let me ask you something. You were part of that decision. Why did you decide that? Well, you know, at the time it seemed like it was the right thing to do. She's going to put your daughter in the hands of a fool. You're going to put your daughters in the hands of a man who does not love God. You're going to entrust your greatest treasure to a man who does not seek wise counsel. You know who chose that? Yeah, my wife. No, no, it's not your wife. You chose that. You made a decision not to stand and draw a line in the sand. And God has created us to have the boldness and the courage to do that. God has created us to always choose the right decision. No one else is responsible but us. We, we like to blame. Hey, Adam. Yes, Lord? Why did you choose to disobey? Well, that wife you gave me. The wife you gave me. Listen to me. God has called men to lead their homes. 
meant to be the ultimate responsible party. He didn't go up to Eve and say, why did you trick your husband? He went to Adam and says, why have you disobeyed? Well, my wife was nagging me, and I decided I would follow her. Listen to me. I want to tell you something. If you're going to elect, go to God. See where he's standing and what he says, and go with it. If the whole world goes against it, I guarantee you, you will be crowned with glory, with favor, with blessing, with prosperity. If no one else stand, you stand. If no one else agrees, you stand where God stands. You will never be ashamed. God will, will bless you. When we fail to choose, we will by default allow someone else to make the choice. And to not choose is to choose. He who sows the wind. Well, I, didn't, I don't know how this happened. You remember when you didn't do anything? That's how it happened. You remember when you were trying to flip the bill and trying to forget about it and put it under the stack and put it away and say it's not going to happen and be an ostrich and stick your hand, hand in the ground? That's when it happened. So ask God, God, open the eyes of my understanding. Let me see what is not seen in the realm of the unknown. Our entire life is a series, a culmination of our choices. I praise God that I learned one principle in being able to choose. Ready for this? The first principle, honor your mother and father. If I go back to my life and I see every time I wanted to do something different, but I did what my parents did because I had something called fear of the Lord. And the Bible says, blessed is a man who chooses the fear of the Lord. You choose the fear of the Lord to listen to God, to respect God, to honor God's men. To sit there before a man of God, and when he speaks, you're listening. You're not trying to argue against what he's seeing. Because ultimately, he's going to say, do what's in your heart. Run with what you see. Run with what you know. But I can relate every major decision in my life. From studying a career, I would have been a police officer. My dad told me, be a lawyer. I said, but I don't, I don't know how to study. He says, but, but be a lawyer. I said, okay, I'm going to try and that was the glory of God. It wasn't my decision. It's not what I saw. It's what my dad was seeing. When I got married also, my dad says, this is the girl for you. And it's been a tremendous blessing. I might have had other, other uh, inclinations, other uncertainties, but I was surrounded with wise men that were giving me the thumbs up. This is what God has for you. And, and I, a lot of men grab somebody and elope and get married. Without, without honoring anyone. So this major principle of studying, of having a family, of walking in the fear of God, of trying to honor my dad, trying to listen to him. Honor is putting his opinion and desire above mine. People don't know how to honor nowadays. Well, that's your opinion. I know that's my opinion. That's my feeling. That's my sentiment. But I play a part in helping you prosper in what God is doing. He's made it clear in the relationship between a man of God and the church. He says, give them double honor. Listen to your pastor. I will use him to bless you and to prosper you and to make you the right decisions. Uh, about three years ago, David Palma came up to me. He says, pastor, I have a dilemma in my life. I want to get married, but I have an opportunity to become a bank teller with, a, with an expertise in, in forgery and counterfeit and, and, and money systems, and it takes me six months to study, and then I could get married and I'll have a career. Or I can go and become a doctor and go to medical school. And so it'll take longer, and, and I didn't know, because it was like July, and he, ha he hadn't decided what he was going to do. 
And I said, look, you have always told me that you had heart issues growing up. He had over 20 operations in his heart. And you always wanted to be a cardiologist. And that was the dream God placed in your heart as a child. Don't give up your dream. Go to med school. Within 30 days, he got scholarships. He got openings. He got a house. He got, he got, a, he got everything when he lined himself up with the determination to fulfill his dream. Following the counsel of a spiritual leader. And then he got married afterwards, and, and he's having a wonderful time with his wife. But we need to know how to choose. And God has given us our, the instrumentalities of peace. Say with me, peace. When you choose right, you'll have peace. When you make the right choice, it comes back in a harvest. And many do not know. Here's what many do not know. And, and um, what to choose? I don't know what to choose, man. I don't know how to. How to choose why to choose, and when to choose. You know what that is? That's a real confused person. And God expects you to know what to choose, when to choose, why to choose, and when to choose. Very important. What to choose? Choose God's best for you. Choose excellence. In, in, the, in the early days of our life, our parents choose for us. Do you guys remember those days? Uh, there was a period in time, I must have been like from 5 to 10, and I look at all my pictures, and I'm wearing a Winnie the Pooh outfit with my little brother Winnie, wearing the same outfit. And so we're in all our pictures, our parents are choosing the same outfit, Winnie the Pooh from JCPenney's, with my little brother. I would have never chosen that. Thank God that now he's here, and we are not wearing Winnie the Pooh. Because now we have decided to start dressing and choosing clothes for us. So there's a period of time where our parents choose for us. That's called immaturity. There's a season for that. It's a good season. Because I'm going to tell you what just happened last week. As I took a picture with my three boys when they were six, five, and four, or maybe seven, six, and five, and it was go to work with your dad day. I don't know if you guys could find that picture there in the, in the Facebook. Uh, Brandon posted it the other day. I've posted it. And, and there I am dressed to go to the law office, to go to court with my three sons. And I was able to choose how they would, they weren't wearing Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> they were dressed exactly like their dad. And so that was the season to choose for them not to do whatever they want. How horrible parents that tell their kids, just wear anything. Really? So I'll go wear my, the, uh, my sister's clothes. So I'll go wear clothes that fall on the ground. You really? Just anything? We have that picture up yet? And so now, 10 years later, when my sons are 17, 16, and 15, Brandon posts up the picture on his internet site where all his friends are, and he says, my dad taught us, there's a picture, my dad taught us to walk in class and not swag. We're not going to choose to decide like the world decides. We're going to choose to honor those that are our fathers, those that went before us, those that set the pattern, that set the race, that was able to, to set forth a vision. And now if you're looking like that when you're seven, I know what you're going to look like when you're 27. 
I know what, how you're going to walk when you're 37 and 47. And I even know how you're going to dress your children. Because we have chosen to honor God. We have chosen to do that which gives glory to his name. And I guarantee you, if it were not for Jesus Christ, my kids would not be wearing that. And I wouldn't either. I would probably be wearing prison clothes. I would probably have run away. I would probably still be working for Eastern Airlines. No, because they went out of business. But every time I go to the airport and I see guys down there directing airplanes, I said, that was me when I rebelled against my parents. See, when at a young age, I was 19 years old, 20 years old, and I decided to, to tell my dad, forget you, man. I'm going to go make money. And I got a job with Eastern Airlines, and I was out there in a jumpsuit. Come on, airplane. Come on in, baby. Come on. I got you. I got you. Come. now. Okay, now. Oops, stop. And one day it was raining real hard. And I was out there in a rain jacket and boots parking airplanes. And I saw inside the airplane a father with his 10-year-old boy. And they were looking out at the window at me. And they were pointing at me. And he was saying, son, you're not going to choose to live like that. Because you're going to stay in school and you're going to finish. I couldn't hear what they were saying. <laughs> but I knew what they were saying. Because my dad had told me, stay in school and finish. Man, I chose that day to go right there from that little window. I chose to run inside the office and tell the guy, guess what? Here's your raincoat. Here's your rain boots. I'm out of here. No, 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 but you have to give a two-week notice. No, 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 no. I'm out of here right now. And I ran home, and I said, I'm going to study. And I went to the library for nine years, and I read till my eyelashes fell off, <laughs> till I couldn't read no more. We were reading 300 pages a night, and I hated to read. But that was an instrumental time in my life to choose. And the rest is the glory of God. Amen. Every time I'm in an airport... Every time I'm, I'm on an airplane and I look outside, I'm 45, I look outside to a 45-year-old man. I said, thank you, Jesus, that you put before me life and death, blessing and curse, and you gave me the courage to choose the, the, that which people were speaking into my life. I was able to learn honor, what to choose, how to choose, why to choose, when to choose. There's people that choose too early. They, they go too fast. When you do things too fast and choose too early, your life is cursed. You decide to have a baby and you chose too early to have intimacy. You cho chose not to get married. You chose not to honor God's word. The Bible says a people without choosing correctly perish. They see no vision to it. They see no value. It doesn't matter. The favorite word of people who hate to choose is, ready, whatever. That's not, a, that's not a word for God's people, whatever. It's not whatever. No, 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 buddy. You come here. Explain it to me. Let me pray about it. Let me go seek godly wisdom. Let me see when God wants me to do it. Let me see the timing of God. The Bible says God has made everything beautiful in his time. 
in his kairos, in the determination of, of things that are set in place. I knew I couldn't get married before finishing my school. Why? Because Yvette likes to eat. I'm going to have to feed my wife. All women love food. Hey, honey, what are we going to eat tonight? I don't know. Call your mom. What? You decided to marry? You chose someone who couldn't feed you? I'm preaching like Wellington now. You chose someone that wouldn't take care of you? I love to do marriage counseling all the time because a woman chooses a husband and 15 years later says, man, he doesn't work. He's lazy. Here. I said, listen to me. When you chose him, he didn't work. He was lazy. Yeah, but he was so good looking. You chose wrong. Spanish people will tell you, eat it with french fries now. You chose wrong. Cometelo con papita frita. <laughs> Ask God to teach you. Ready? Lord, teach us what to choose. Teach us how to choose. How to pick that which is more excellent. That which is not just the ordinary. That which is not anybody and whatever. The first person that pays attention to us. That's a bad choice. And Lord, teach us most of all to live according to your kairos, when to choose. Many don't have this blessing to be able to choose. But God has made us free in Christ Jesus to make the power of election. When you're free to have the power of choice, it will determine your future in all that you will see in a powerful way. There's many things for you to decide. We decide every day. This morning, I was trying to choose a tie that would match with my suit, and I left my, my, my other suit. Too many choices. We get confused. We, we mess up. We err. So slow down. Don't say, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, ketchup. No. Tiger by his toe. No. Don't do that. Don't make life uh, an, just a, a throw. And, and you're going crazy. Ask God, God, let me do what the Bible says. Those who wait upon the Lord will mount up and fly like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Help me choose right. Help me wait. A lot of the times, not only honoring my parents, not honoring those in authority, but waiting on the Lord, waiting on his word, waiting on his timing, being trained. Hebrews 5.12, the Bible says that those of you who have been trained up in righteousness are no longer immature. You're able to decide what's right and what's wrong. He says, for by this time you ought to already be teaching people how to choose. You need, again, someone to teach you the basic order and principles of the word of God, the oracles of God. And you have become to need milk and not solid food. Verse 13, if it's not 13, it's 11. For one who partakes in only milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. When you don't know how to choose, you're just immature. You're just going too fast. You don't know what to choose. You don't know how to choose. You don't know why to choose. Hey, why is my uncle so upset? <laughs> Your uncle is upset because you are going to live hell on earth. My cousin came up to me the other day. He says, Joaquin, what are you worried about? I said, the power of choice that you're making for your daughter. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're letting her choose 
Who is going to come next to her? And I'll be dead, buried, and six foot under before I let my daughter walk next to a fool. It was, a, it was a father's responsibility to help his daughter choose right, his son choose right. To be able to, to help them in this process of choice. Isaiah 7.12 says, when they're young, teach them to like the good things so that when they grow up, they won't choose evil. Isaiah 7.15 Cream, milk, and honey he shall eat when he's a babe, that he may know how to refuse evil and choose good. How to split the pie. This is rotten. This is the right one. This is what God wants for me. This is not what God wants for me. And a lot of times the things that God doesn't want for us is because it's not God's timing. So I've taught my sons to say this is not the season I'm in. I don't have to choose because it's not the season for me to choose. i got to prepare myself so then I choose. There's a season of preparation for my sons. And they're, they're going to be princes. And then I'll say, now choose. Choose who? And, and choosing a wife is so important. Because it's, it's do or die. You choose a wise woman who will build your house or a foolish one that will destroy it. You choose. You choose your wife. You choose your spouse. You choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life. In Luke 19, 44, Jesus says, you weren't able to know God's timing for you. 1944. Says like this, and they will level you. That means they will, they will destroy you. Level you is to bring you to everything you build is going to fall. Your children within you to the ground. They will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. You didn't know when it was the right season to make. You weren't with the right people making the right decision at the right time for the right reasons. You have to be a person that knows what to choose, how to choose, why to choose, when to choose. Write it down. Meditate upon it. Consider it. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15, the Lord tells his people, this day I have placed before you life and death. See to me before this day I have set before you life and good, death and evil. Deuteronomy 30.15. I've put the balance. 30.15. Somebody's up there mixing numbers. I have set before you today, every day, that which is good, that which is right. I didn't know it was right. You didn't check out if it was right. You were blind as a bat. People that do marital counseling will tell you all the time, but when you're about to get married, make sure your eyes are wide open. Look real good. See everything. And then when you get married, close them a little bit. Before you make the choice, wide open. And you know how you get wide open? Let other people also see what you're doing. Don't run away in some little private place where you're having a romance and you're having a good time and you're like, this is, this is heaven on earth. God, you're awesome. Come before the people of God that aren't in love that will speak truth into your life and tell you this guy's lazy, he's irresponsible, he's not going to treat you like a queen. He has no royalty in him. 
He has no ability to be able. Verse 19, he says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. This whole chapter of 30, I want you to read it at home because the entire chapter is about choice. And he says, if you choose good, I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to bless you. You're going to hit the heavens. You're going to be dreaming on the earth. Choose right. Choose good. Choose at its time. Choose with its purpose. Hey, why'd you choose? I don't know. He was there at the time. I just got together. That's a wrong choice. You mean you didn't know that you were choosing your children's dad? No, I was choosing my, my man. No, no, no. Listen to me. You're choosing the, the father of your children. That's how I chose. I walked up to Yvette. She was 12 years old. I want you to be the mother of my children. Almost, almost. I, I, was, I, I knew I needed a woman that would serve God with me. I needed a woman that would raise godly children. I need a woman that would stay home. I was talking to a man last night in the, in the airplane, and he says, you don't know, it's hard to raise children in Miami because we've got to work so hard. I said, okay, how about if God blesses you with $100,000 a month? Would you bring your wife home to raise your children? How many know his answer? No. She doesn't want to come home. And I would not go on a 30-day safari. I would go on a six-month safari. So it's not about money. It's about principle. It's about character. It's about conviction. It's about where you're headed and why you're headed and what you're headed for. All this in the power of choice. God gives us his spirit to choose. He will be a voice that will direct you in the path that you should go. That you might fulfill the cause of God for your life. Joshua 24, 15. The man of God sees the people of God. Uh, saying they want to be with God, but choosing to serve like the pagans. And so he says, this is not going to work because you cannot serve two masters. And he says, as for me and my house, we have chosen to serve the Lord. Amen. He has decided. He says, if it seems bad to serve the Lord, it's so awful that God wants to bless your socks off. It's so awful he wants to adorn you with glory. It's so awful he cares about what you choose and where you're headed and why you're headed. It's so awful. It's a big difference from driving a bicycle and driving a Cadillac. How many say amen? amen. It's all a power of choice. You choose what's going to happen down the road. If it seems evil to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day who you will serve. Whether the God of your fathers, I don't know if you want to live like your fathers live without Christ. Not me. I don't want to go there. The God of your fathers who you served on the other side of the river, the God of the Amorites. The Amorites were a proud people. They walked in pride. You want to walk in pride? You know what happens to proud people? Pride comes before the fall. When you walk in pride, you're surely going to come to no end. God stands against all the proud. He says, the God of the Amorites, in the land you dwelt, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was Joshua, the man of God. He was drawing a line in his generation. And the people says, we will serve the Lord. Of course we will. We will serve the Lord. Verse 16, the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For our Lord, he's the one that brought us out of Egypt. He brought us out of bondage. He brought great signs and kept us all the way. Amongst all the battles we had, he fought them. He drove them out. But Joshua knew their hearts in verse 19. And he says, you cannot serve 
The Lord God, for he's holy, he's a jealous God. He will not forgive when you choose to forsake him to go after other gods, strange gods. Verse 20, he says, he will turn around and hurt you. He will destroy you. He will become your enemy. Be careful what you choose. When you choose, will one day fight against the blessing of God in your life. Joel 3, 14 says, there's multitudes of multitudes in a valley without decision, without choice. So it's just going along with the flow of whatever, whoever, however, whenever, whatever. Multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near. Why we come to the house is to know where God wants to make decisions for our life. He will always be faithful. The other day, the Lord gave me a word for a family in our church, and I drove to their house, and I said, the Lord says you better decide right. And this is the situation. And she goes, no, let me explain. I said, I'm not here for you to explain to me because I have nothing to do with it. This is what the Lord says because he's faithful to always teach his people. And I'm not going to discuss it. We're not going to argue. I don't even want to hear the explanation. This is the word of the Lord. I'm leaving. Thank you very much. Because you will know that God was faithful to you to allow you to make the best choice. To allow you to not compromise. To allow you to walk in. I was talking to Pastor Desmond yesterday. And he says, Joaquin, I have this choice to make. And I want a man with wisdom that I respect to help me. And I said, well, look, this is what I see down in the future. And he says, thank you. You helped me in making the right choice. Thank you because that's instrumental on something that will impact my ministry and my family for 100 years. When you're around wise people, Proverbs 13, verse 20, he says, the man who walks with wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Write down these verses. I I pray that you guys bring a notebook every church service because we're giving you wisdom and it's worth more than gold and silver. What you're receiving from God is, is something supernatural. Choose to hang out with wise people. Who are the wise people? It doesn't talk about academians. Don't fill your house with people that go to libraries. Fill your people with people that are in the presence of God, that hear from God. People that have the, the counsel of God in their lips. 1 Corinthians um, 15.33, it says, bad gatherings corrupt good decisions. Bad communication. Oh, did you see he was so cute and he was wearing white socks? Listen, if you're choosing based on white socks, you got a serious problem, honey. Look a little bit deeper into character. Look a little bit deeper into maturity. Look a little bit deeper into obedience. Do not be deceived. Evil gatherings corrupt good habits. You're going to choose the wrong friends. Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Why? Because the people that surround you will convey invitations. The righteous should choose friends. Who's your friend? Well, I met them when they were in kindergarten, and we became best friends. Oh, really? So your friends are the biggest idiots in town. And you've decided, listen to me, decided, choose them to be the companions you hang out with. Remember, Suleika went into the bathroom with one young girl. And the young girl says, I want to be your friend, but stop talking to me about Jesus all the time. And and Suleika said, Mama, you're dead. I live for Jesus, I talk about Jesus, I love Jesus, I'm going to walk with Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus. That girl got far away from Suleika, now she's divorced, she's separated, she's living with an older man, she left her two kids and her husband. 
But you choose your friends. Who are your friends? You know, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Choose friends that honor your parents. Choose friends that honor your pastors. Choose friends that honor the word of the Lord and the spirit of God in your life and your calling. The righteous should choose his friends carefully and not just anybody. It's a power of choice. A friend of mine came. Um, he says he's a friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for 30 years. He came by here. He stopped. He came into my office. And I said, what you're doing here? He said, well, I decided to come by and see you. I said, I don't, I don't hang out with fools. He goes, I know I shouldn't have passed. I knew you were going to tell me that. We've known each other for so long. I said, look, the devil and Jesus have known each other for longer, and they're not friends. <laughs> You're not my friend because I've known you for a long time. You're my friend if you are fearful of God. Amen. If you obey. If you're wise, you're my friend. John 15, 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. I no longer call you just hanging out buddies. But I called you friends for all the things that my father has made known to me. I've talked to you about it, and you've given me the thumbs up. Somebody who loves your spiritual leader. Somebody who loves your pastor. Somebody who loves your father. Somebody who loves what God is showing you. That's your friend. Not the guy who's inviting you to cheat on your wife and go on a hunting trip and forget about your household. Guy who encourages you to be a man of God, a woman of God, fearful of God. That's why I love Psalm 119, verse 79. David says, those who fear God will be my companions. Let those who fear you walk in your testimonies. Walk in your, those are my companions. Those are the ones I hang out with. I'm going to walk like that. I'm going to walk in those that honor God. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, we see that Jesus went about the city, spent all night praying. All night praying to determine who would be his friends. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountains and to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Verse 13. And in the morning time, when it came day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 of whom he would name his disciples. Listen to me. God has already told me I'm to choose those that will lead in this house. I, th I used to think that people had to choose. And God says, no, Jesus chose who would follow him. And Joaquin, you're to choose who honors the vision, who serves with excellence. You, serve, you appoint, you choose the leaders of Spring of Life Fellowship. Amen. Amen. So we can change the world, get this thing done. God has called us to that. In the book of Acts chapter 6, you see the appointing of those men. It says that they were arguing about who was going to wash and clean and work and serve. In verse 3, it says, select from among yourself, brethren, seven men of good and attested character. Remember that character is thoughts, words, and actions. Forget about big, oh, um, I'm a champion. Listen, forget about words. Words say anything. I love you. Oh, you're going to choose because he says I love you? Oh, you're smart. Look at his character. Look at, look at his, his way he thinks. Look at his words and look at his actions. All those three things are character. And they chose men of character. Men had a good reputation. They weren't just throwing their words around. Full of the Holy Spirit. Full of wisdom. That they might appoint over these matters. Who do you choose? They chose like this. And we have a choosing in this election. We have a choosing to be able to decide how we're going to go. Now, Wellington Boone will say this. Wellington Boone says that both of the choices we have for president show that this nation is under a curse. Shows that we're under judgment. 
Because God will give a people a leader according to their hearts. And we have on one side a man who has no convictions about anything. And on the other side a man who thinks money is going to fix the problem. That's both of them is a curse. Because we don't have a man who fears God. And who's walking based on God's character. So you say, well, I'm not going to choose. Well, let me just tell you something. God has, a, has this thing where he puts people in authority. He's, he, he will work out his purpose and his principles based on, um, we'll read that real quick in Daniel chapter 2, verse 12, where it says that, that God is the one, verse 20, Daniel 2, 20. Daniel answered and says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for his wisdom and might are his. Verse 21. He changes times and season. He removes kings and raises kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the understanding, to those who have understanding. God is, is going to work out his purpose regardless of who is in the White House. It doesn't matter if he's white. It doesn't matter if he's black. Wellington Boone Bishop says both of them are going to kneel down to say Jesus Christ is Lord. It's not about an elephant, it's not about a donkey, it's about a lamb. It's about Jesus Christ. He will fulfill his purpose regardless of who's in office. I want to share one last verse, and it's there in Psalm 75, verse 6. It says, um, promotion does not come from the east or the west. Those people in prominence will not because they fly in or fly out. Exaltation comes neither from the east or from the west. It's not coming from Islam, it's not coming from American civilization and, and democracy, nor from the South. Verse 7. But God is the judge. He's the one that puts down one and exalts another. He's the one that establishes his leaders. Now, the issue is, who are you choosing? And the Bible says, choose Christ. <coughs> choose the way of the Lord. Choose the fear of God. Choose righteousness, choose obedience, choose blessing. Let's stand up this morning. And what a powerful time we've had together. And it's all because of the gifting of God's goodness and grace upon us. It's all about how we're to pursue excellence. We're not to put these decision-making scenarios in the hands of other people. We're to rise. We're to make choice. We're to live in such a way that it honors God. We're to live in such a way that, that we know that our future is bright. How many feel after today that now choices will be better? Choices are going to be better. The Spirit of God is going to lead you. The Bible says a righteous man, God orders all of his steps because he will think right. He will speak right. He will walk in maturity. Father, I give you thanks this day because this is the day you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, O oh God. Regardless of the outcome, Lord, let us walk in our responsibility so that we know that we participated in the right, the freedom, the ability of choice to elect those who govern us, to be able to um, put people that are righteous into office, people that fear God into office, so when they open their mouth, the laws of this country reflect your laws that give us freedom and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, oh God. This is your nation, one nation under God. You appoint you appointed the founding fathers in this nation to be the men who feared the Lord, who walked in the righteousness of God. And we have enjoyed that freedom and that liberty and that prosperity, Lord. But now teach us the fear of God so that we might proclaim your goodness in all the earth. We give you thanks for choosing those, Father God, that you have elected, that you have called, that you have chosen. Now let them, Father God, rise up and shine with the glorious wisdom 
and grace of our good God and King. Prosper your people. Bless them. We pray in Jesus' name. And the people of God say amen. amen. Two things before we leave. Amen. Let's give a big hand to the Lord. Two things before we leave. One, 